Howdy. This is Vosh. You may know me from the YouTube channel, Vosh, where I livestream. Most of it's garbage, but sometimes the good bits get uploaded here. This is Previously Live. There's been a lot of conservative fuss lately. They've been doing a lot of their media run, you know? Over here, we see product from the second major Republican media run that's been going on. TPUSA conference. Folks. TPUSA. You know who I haven't seen anything from? Vivek Ramaswamy. Was that close? Did I do? Was that close? Did I get close? He is a Republican candidate with no chance in hell. Invisible societal injustices. The heart of this is this national identity. That's crisis. so cool. Yeah. Moving on. Thank you. You're not welcome. Thank you guys for the warm welcome. We're going to speak the truth. That's how we do it. I'm going to get right into it. We are in the middle of a national identity crisis. You take it from me. I'm 37 years old. Okay. Apparently this guy is worth $630 million. Um, so he's basically a billionaire. So he's another one of those guys. Rose to prominence in conservative circles as a, quote, anti-woke activist. Criticizes wokeism as a religion, in addition to COVIDism, climateism, and gender ideology. Oh wow, crazy! His wealth comes from biotech and financial firms. This guy, this guy gives me major Peter Thiel energy. I don't know if he's actually associated with Peter Thiel. He just gives me that energy. Why is he from Ohio? Ha! Only from Ohio. Yeah. What does that sound Vosh keeps making? Don't worry about it. Let's see. He's a Trump simp. He suggested that if nominated, he might consider RFK Jr. as his running mate. Well, that says a lot about him and RFK Jr. He's literally backed by Peter Thiel. Oh, oh, he is? Backed by Peter Thiel. Yep. Right there. Yep. Okay. Yep. Oh my God, I was so right. Though to be fair, taking in a guess that Peter Thiel backed somebody is not exactly like, a, you know, if you're talking about a GOP, who's Peter Thiel? Uh, devil. Favors raising the voting age to 25 in most circumstances, which would require repealing the 26th Amendment of the Constitution. Right. This has actually been an increasingly large talking point for Republicans because they know that younger people despise them and that it's getting increasingly mathematically harder for them to ever win federally with young people being enfranchised. So they want to, like, cut out seven years of potential voting. He said he would allow citizens between 18 and 24 to vote only if they enlisted in the military. Oh, cool. Um, I love I love my real-life documentary, Starship Troopers. I love my real documentary of the world that actually exists, Starship Troopers. That's great. Service guarantees citizenship. He has pledged to use our military to annihilate the Mexican drug cartels. Okay. He, fa he favors... Wow, what a, what a surprise. Major concessions to Russia in the Russo-Ukraine war. He, he, his suggestion, okay? Don't just let them take Ukraine. Let them take Poland, too. That's, that's how he would resolve the crisis. Allow Russia to occupy regions of Ukraine in an exchange that it would end its alliance with China. Called Zelensky a bully 
and in 2023 made unsupported claims that Jews have been poorly treated in Ukraine under Zelensky. He has said he is not a climate denier, but he sees global climate change as not entirely bad, and that people should be proud to live a high-carbon lifestyle. That's a quote. Quote, people should be proud to live a high-carbon lifestyle. End quote. There we go. Sorry, got to make it clear. That's uh, in quotation marks right there. Yeah, it's called accelerationism, guys. Keep up. He has criticized what he calls the climate cult and said as president he would abandon the anti-carbon framework as it exists and halt any mandate to measure carbon dioxide. So not only, this is what I mean by death cult. He's a death cultist. So not only does he acknowledge that burning fossil fuels causes climate change, so he's not denying that it exists, not only is he saying he wouldn't prevent it, he would prevent us from even measuring it. What's this guy polling at? Uh, basically nothing relative to the other candidates. But I do genuinely think, like, somebody like this being allowed on stage alongside other Republican candidates is, I mean, it is actual, like, having a death cultist. Like, you might as well have all the Resident Evil 4 dudes, Sadler, with, like, a cloak and a sacrificial knife for all the sense that it makes. Also, his company holds a small stake in Chevron. Wow, what a surprise. Incredible. Well, that's a wacky guy. He supports expanding presidential power, pledging to rule by executive fiat. Okay, just pretty open with it. No, I guess that's 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 true. Zero point two percent of Chevron is not small. I should I should be clear. He supports abolishing the Department of Education, the FBI, and the IRS. Fire half the federal workforce. Make it illegal for federal employees to collectively bargain. Okay, nice. So now we know who this guy is. Fantastic. I'm the first millennial ever to run for U.S. president as a Republican. And I will tell you, thank you. Does anyone else feel like he has a deeply unsettling face? Like, way more so than most of these ghouls. Tell you what's going on in our country. It's true in my generation. It's true of all of us right now. We are hungry for a cause. We are hungry for purpose and meaning and identity at a time in our national history when the things that used to fill our void, faith, patriotism, hard work, family, these things have disappeared. And that leaves a black hole in its wake. What happens when you have a black hole that runs that deep? The poison begins to fill the void. So probably pretty obvious to people watching. This is very overt fascist rhetoric. Um, the struggle for purpose is the like, is the like first line on the script that fascists read when they talk about the necessity of joining them. Wokeism, transgenderism, climatism, covidism, depression, anxiety, fentanyl, suicide. You think it is an accident that we see the same secular religions in the United States at the same time? It is not. These are symptoms of a deeper void in our country. And I think that is our opportunity now. Capitalism? As a conservative movement to now finally level up and say we are no longer... <laughs> Sorry, nothing but the finest from the first uh, millennial running. My life is like a video game. <laughs> longer just running from something we're going to start running to something 
to our vision of what it means to be an American today. <laughs> you ask somebody my age that question, what does it mean to be an American? You get a blank stare in response. That is the vacuum. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, so, okay, so see? Oh man, it's like actually textbook, okay? So notice how he's presupposing that the meaning in one's life that one must have is supposed to be like a meaning of your worth to the state. Like, oh, the vacuum in people's hearts is that they don't know how they're an American. Well, giving your life to the state was explicitly like the narrative of Nazi Germany. The, the idea that everyone has a hole in them that can only be filled with like the glory of the fatherland. That, that, like, this, is, this is like textbook, you know? Yeah, glory to the state, glory to the, because they'd say nation, not state, because state is like um, to more, of a, more of a political artifice. But to the nation uh, to which they ascribe ethnic value, you know, what does it mean to be an American? Well, that, according to him, at least, you know, if you don't have an answer to that question, like, say, for example, maybe you're an individualist who doesn't really give a shit about what borders you happen to be born under. That's you having a hole in you. That is the void. And now is our moment to deliver an answer to that question. What it means to be an American that dilutes the woke agenda to irrelevance. Let's talk about it. What does it mean to be an American? It means we believe in meritocracy, the pursuit of excellence, that you get ahead in this country, not on the color of your skin, but on the content of your character and your contributions. That is why we will end affirmative action in every sphere of American life. It is a cancer on our national soul. It means we believe in the rule of law that your first act of entering this country cannot break the law. That is why we will use the U.S. military to secure our own southern border. That is what it means to defend this country. This is, this is a very, notice the milk toast applause. This is actually very ineffective rhetoric, I think. This opening, this opening bit on like the, 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 the bleeding soul of America that is dying because people don't know this, that, the other, you know, whatever. The crowd is full of fascists, so that's kind of to be expected. Um, but I feel like this all rings really insincere. We know that the woke narrative is um, like the, the main thing the GOP is leaning on. It's their crutch in terms of promoting their, um, you know, their agenda. I don't, I don't know how well that works even if you break it down into its constituent parts like this obsession over affirmative action the affirmative action shit that happened man that was like that was a supreme court bit that wasn't like an upturn of gop voter support you know i think the gop is a little bit listless like right now because the woke stuff has to be railed like brought in a little bit desantis hyper fixates on it and his polling numbers have been doing worse and worse and worse you know, affirmative action just isn't a topic that gets results the same way that the wokeness stuff did. I don't know. Send our military to secure the southern border. It feels um, tired. It feels rote. It feels like, haven't you heard that before? Means we believe that the people we elect to run the government ought to be the ones who actually run the government. Huh? Not this bureaucracy, the deep state, the administrative ah. state that runs the show today. And that is why I've said that we're not just going to reform these agencies. When these agencies from the Department of Education 
to the FBI, to the ATF, to the IRS, shouldn't have never existed in the first place. We will not just reform them, we will shut them down. That is what it means to live in a constitutional republic. The obsession with the term constitutional republic or republic rather than a democracy. How many times have you heard conservatives say, oh, well, it's a republic, not a democracy. Obviously, those things aren't mutually exclusive, but I they really like the term republic because it harkens to like the glory of Rome, the Roman Republic. What he's talking about here is the destruction of the administrative state, the presidential cabinet and the departments they run over. I don't think a president can do that. Like they can. The, it is an executive branch function, but these departments are funded by Congress. And also the country couldn't really run without these things. So, yeah. That is what this campaign is all about. We are speaking the truth, the hard truth, <laughs> without apology. We will do it without fear. We will. Oh, this too. Okay, this comes across as really, really, really weak if you are not the front runner because he's just repeating shit other people have said, right? Like, oh yeah, I'm the one who's going to speak the truth. No one else on this stage will tell you that we need to deal with our border, deal with wokeness, repeal affirmative action, and also like get rid of the FBI, you know? No one else but me. It comes across weak. It's like, it's like playing catch up, you know? Speak the truth today. God is real. Unborn life is life. There are two genders. Oh, I've seen this. This is this guy's like, um, this like Ministry of Truth interrogation tactic. He has a tweet. He always does this. He, it's probably pinned to the top. I bet you anything that it's pinned to the top of his Twitter because he's corny. Is it? Is it? Ah, sorry, guys. It wasn't. I bet you he's tweeted it recently, though. Where is it? Where's the tweet? Ah, oh, come on. I saw it just the other day. There it is. He loves to, it's, it's like the tenets of his personal religion. God is real, two genders. Human flourishing requires fossil fuels. Remember, he owns a 0.2% stake in, in Chevron. Reverse racism is racism. An open border is no border. Parents determine the education of their children. This is like a mix of really heavy stuff and really like abstract culture war bullshit. God is real and also parents determine the education of their children what it's a little asymmetrical fossil fuels are a requirement for human prosperity there it is reverse racism is racism an open border is not a border who did he just sound like guys he just sounded like someone an open border is not a border an open border He's not a border. Who did he, he just sounded like someone there. Was that like an accent popping up? Cruz? Why am I thinking Cuomo? I don't know. He, he sounded like something there. I don't know. Parents determine the education of their children. The nuclear family is the best known form of governance to mankind. He sounds Can like Obama. Well, he doesn't, that's the thing. He doesn't sound like anyone. He's not even repeating these points with any kind of weight. It's like, he, it's like, oh, here's my like simple list. And then it's like 12 things of, of just random jumbled talking points. And the audience isn't even applauding in response to any of them in particular. They're just kind of, he's just kind of like droning. They're all droning, you know? Lack of charisma. Trump could do better. Let us dispel this fiction. True. 
capitalism is the best system known to man to lift people up from poverty. There are three branches of three government, genders. not four, and the U.S. Constitution is the strongest guarantor of freedom in human history. That is the truth. Remember, he wants to amend the Constitution to make it illegal to vote unless you're 25. Um, again, it's 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 all like really dumb. It's just it's just sounds stupid. I don't know. It doesn't sound good. We will not back down from the truth. We stand up. For the truth, that is what won us the American Revolution. That is what will win us the revolution of 2024. That is what it means to be an American today. Thank you. How do you get that uncharismatic? I, I know I should be responding to like the logic, but to the extent there is some, but like, it's so transparently performative in a way that doesn't register at all. I know this out of left field, but a speech reminds me of a beer commercial. It just, it reminds me of like, it reminds me of like a boss on a Zoom call trying to give a motivational speech to a bunch of people who don't care to listen, where they're all hyped up in their head, but they don't have the, the riz to actually sell it. You know? Yeah, it's too rushed. Yeah. Ah, 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 oh, don't ah. worry, there's more. I'm just getting warmed up. <laughs> I've got 17 more disconnected talking points to repeat without explaining. So we're speaking the truth. Now let's get to the hard truths. Seriously? I've said that other stuff before. This is the hard truth I'm oh. going to say today. I would love to tell you that it's time to move forward. I believe we have to move forward as a country. I would love to tell you that it's morning in America again. Kumbaya, let's get along and move ahead and put the past behind us. There will be a time and place for that. But we cannot move forward in this country forward. until we have truly reckoned with the truth oh my God. of what happened in this country in 2020. Listen, all right? I'm here to sell you the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. But I'm done with the truth, and it's time to get now to the hard truth. And let me tell you the first hard truth. This is the real stuff, the stuff you haven't heard before, not just the regular truth, the hard truth. The first thing we need to get at is the truth of the matter, the truth of what happened in 2020. Okay, thank you. That was, that was great. That was really well delivered. And we're going to talk about that truth in the open. There is no healing without acknowledgement. You want to know the truth about oh my 2020? God. Let's talk about it. Oh my From God. COVID to censorship. Oh my God. To the election to January 6th. Uh huh. Yeah. They will tell you. Tell the truth. Yeah. That January 6th uh -huh. was caused by a single man whose name is unspeakable. <laughs> yeah. His name is QAnon. <laughs> what? Now, the truth is this. What? What's the truth? What's the truth? January 6th was the result uh -huh. of a pervasive culture of censorship across this country. And when you tell people... Sorry, I just... I think he's doing great, but I think what he needs to do is he needs to exhale more air through his clenched teeth. I think that... Ju just listen to this. Censorship across this country. I know that sounded great, but I think the main thing that it was missing was he needed more clenched teeth 
and more air to be pushed through it directly into the microphone. And when you tell people they cannot speak, speak, that is when they scream. You tell people they cannot scream, that is when they tear things down. And what happened in this country? It's like it's like the MLK. It's like um, you know, riots are the language of the unheard. Yes, but referring to a bunch of like pillow salesmen and middle managers who took their jeeps over to DC so they could storm the Capitol. Starting in 2020, we were told that there's a pandemic that we know began in a lab in Wuhan on the other side of the world. We knew it then. But you could not say it or else you were a racist. You could not say it or they would lock your social media accounts down. You were told that you had to stay locked down in your homes and you couldn't protest a lockdown. You couldn't talk about school lockdowns on social media. You had to stay locked in your basement even as BLM. Don't let the GOP gaslight you the way they talk about. First of all, there were basically no lockdowns in America. We have some sob stories of people not seeing their family in the hospital. And yeah, dude, that sucks. That's what a lockdown is. Sorry, get over it. But like the idea that we had any kind of meaningful lockdown, we don't even have fucking mask mandates in airports anymore. People, they, the, if, if you just listen to the GOP and don't like observe the world, you would believe we still exist in some kind of like Chinese ultra authoritarian lockdown right now today. Um, and also people were not banned on social media for criticizing the lockdowns like at all. Seriously. You can go like Wayfinder that go go Internet Archive that find uh, the entire conservative movement from, you know, uh, 2020 to mid 2021. That's all they fucking did. They were not banned for it. Um, and Antifa traveled the streets of this country and burned them to the ground. You were told. Whoa, whoa. It's, he's literally like like ricocheting between the point of. Jan 6 was okay because they felt angry and desperate, but then, like, the Antifa and BLM, yeah, right. And they burned all of Seattle to the ground. That it takes somehow 10 years to make a new medicine or a vaccine, or else you can't take it unless it's safe for 10 years. What? And yet, they develop a vaccine in less than a year, and they mandate that you take it without asking any questions. And you were told. We didn't have vaccine mandates. That's not a thing that we had. Is he is he suggesting like how how dare they say you shouldn't take ivermectin, but also they made vaccines, the vaccines that Trump started the process of rolling out? Retard, that's not what happened. Yeah, but they have to pretend that's what happened to fuel the. So what he's doing right now is essentially the same thing that the Nazis did with the big lie. Um, the idea that Germany lost World War One because they were sabotaged internally by pacifists, socialists, and Jews. That was the main... We don't talk about it that much now because here in the 21st century in America, we don't really, like, care about why Germany felt they lost World War I. We tend to talk about the rise of anti-Semitism, but in truth, the main narrative the Nazis grew to power on was the idea that this national humiliation was caused by internal betrayal by the groups that I just mentioned, and that's why uh, they lost World War One, and they wanted to reclaim their national glory, and so on and so on. And the problem with these big revival narratives from the Republican Party's perspective, and this is the thing, and this is why they're kind of copping the Nazis' deal, right? Germany did lose World War One. America hasn't lost anything. There is no great national defeat 
that sank into the heart of every American that the Republican Party can prey on to try to coax out feelings of nationalism or xenophobia or whatever. They have to pretend there is one. Bad things have happened, certainly, but nothing even remotely comparable to losing World War I, having the blame shifted onto you, and then hyperinflation. It's not even close. So they have to make up this story of national defeat in order to build the same justifications. That if you disagree with all of this, that if you don't like the direction of this culture of censorship and authoritarianism in the United States, that you have an election to set this right. That in our republic, you get one person, one vote to hold the people in charge accountable. And you were told that you had a chance to actually deliver it. And yet, on the eve of that election, a story is published about the Hunter Biden laptop story that we now know was absolutely grounded in truth from bribes paid from China to remember this one, bribes paid from Burisma, a Ukrainian company whose owner was on the board of the state national security council paying bribes. We knew this story, the Hunter Biden laptop, the laptop from hell. And now we know for a fact, just like they said, Hunter Biden's got a big cock. I've got pictures of his big cock. Everyone want to see? Crowd erupts in cheers. Uh, all Republicans want is more leaks of Hunter Biden's big cock. Yeah. Um, also, Hunter, Bri uh, Hunter, Biden. Hunter Biden never took bribes because in order to take a bribe, you have to be like a government official or something, which he's not. He got money. He got paid money. Because he would go between companies and he would be like, hey, my dad's really important and I'm, I need cocaine. Can I have money? And they'd be like, your dad's really important? Here's some money, sir. Now, Mr. Hunter Biden, can you introduce us to your father? But he's already off like fucking hookers and smoking crack. Literally, like that's the whole, that's all the evidence there is. To now the son of the president of the United States that is now making good on that bribe by sending... $200 billion of American taxpayer money to defend somebody else's border halfway around the world instead of defending our own border here at home. You were told... Why does Vosh think it's not bribing if the government isn't involved? Because you have to be... Bribe isn't just when someone gives you money. A bribe is like illegally receiving money in order to do something you otherwise wouldn't when you're in a position... Like, Hunter Biden just like floats around on advisory boards as like a contractor and gets money like he's I don't know what bribes are being referred to is what I mean. That we actually had an election in this country and yet what happened? They did not let you send that story on social media. They shut down the account of the fourth largest paper in circulation in the United States, the New York Post, founded by Alexander Hamilton. That is how you get to January 6th. And so that is the truth, and we're not going to be able to move forward until we look ourselves in the mirror and ask ourselves deep down who we really are. I know this guy uh, has a snowball's chance in hell of winning, but I do like how um, we continue to allow the Republican Party to exist when one of the main talking points of the Republican Party is, remember when we tried to kill our opposition and steal the government? It was good that we did that, actually, and we should do it again. 
Like that's that's like one of the main talking points of the GOP. And we just allow this. That's fine. We just allow that's like a thing you can be. That's apparently a valid set of positions and opinions one can hold while running for government. As a people, my rule is if Vladimir Putin were doing it and we would call it a threat to democracy, it is a threat to democracy when we do it here at home ourselves. That is the truth. It's the truth. And the once truth. we acknowledge the truth, then we can have a conversation about actually moving forward in this country. I grew up. I'll tell you about it. He doesn't say anything. So you notice how this entire section here hasn't involved him actually saying anything, right? He's literally just said, hey, here's the truth. This is time for the deep truth, the real truth. Now, the truth is that January 6th happened because people thought they were being censored, which is something he already said during the regular truth section. He had the regular truth section where he said that January 6th was caused by people feeling agitated and disconnected and unrest and censorship and blah, blah. And then he did all this circling about it, and then he just said the same thing, but it took him five minutes to say it into a generation where we were taught to celebrate our diversity and our differences so much that we forgot all of the ways we are really just the same. What? Guys, we celebrated our differences and our diversity so much that we for forgot that we're all alike which is the thing that the celebration of differences fundamentally seeks to promote the reason you celebrate your differences is because it's a way of acknowledging them and moving past them if necessary to arrive at a shared humanity nobody says yeah we should all celebrate our differences also i believe in ethnostates no nobody does that the people who say celebrate our differences are the same people who promote tolerance and like uh shared humanity because it's it's in line with that like oh yeah we should celebrate our differences which is why yeah you know i'm uh phrenology skull shapes uh, yeah mm -hmm. as americans as americans that's what we've forgotten as Republicans, as conservatives, as Americans. There are people in this race who are deeply upset with me what? for not criticizing my chief opponent in this race, Donald Trump. And I will tell you, I'm not running against anybody in this race. I am running... Book deal. Book deal. Won't criticize main opponent, person who's currently leading ahead of you, book deal. No policy, criticisms, nothing you'd try to push him to improve on because you don't want to alienate a single MAGA voter, none of whom will vote for you because it's a book deal. Why go for a book deal when you're already worth half a billion dollars? How much could a book possibly make you? Fox spot? I don't even think he could get a Fox spot. Tulsi Gabbard, at least, is charismatic and pretty. He's ugly, off-putting, and uncharismatic for our country that is what we actually need to revive we need to stop running from something we need to start running to something our diversity is not our strength our strength is what unites us across that diversity without a think about it so okay um, what he's describing right now is basically like a race-blind version of fascist class collaborationism. 
The fascists in Germany argued that a person's Germanness, their Aryanness, their part of the fatherland, was the single most important thing about them, and all other differences had to be put aside for the sake of national unity. Obviously, this did not apply to people who they excluded, excluded from being German, like Jews, or, you know, they would say gay is not fundamentally Aryan or whatever, but that was like the line. Class collaborationism is the opposite of the Marxist attitude towards um, class criticism or, or, or material dialectics or um, what have you. The idea being fascists would say, listen, working man, you may be upset that you barely make enough money to survive, but take heart because you're German and your boss is German too. So I don't want to catch you two fighting. And that was literally the idea. And that's what he's doing here. He's basically saying like, not, like our diversity is an inconvenient excess that we must overlook in favor of shared national unity, um, which, I, which we will then use to bulldoze over any meaningful attempt at redressing inequality. I, this, I, I almost like watching this guy because he's so remarkably straightforward with the evil that it, um, it, it's, it's kind of like a, a refreshing contrast in a way. We're really just a different looking group of two-legged higher mammals walking some geographic space we call a country, doing what our iPhones told us to do on a given day. That's not America. This is millennial humor, guys. Everyone clap and laugh. America is a vision of what that place can be. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so again, it's like, it's literally, it's literally textbook. Um, oh, yeah. Well, America isn't about the country or the border. America isn't about the geopolitical institution. America is about the soul and spirit and blood of this place. E pluribus unum. <laughs> we say for a reason. It means from many, one. That's what won us the American Revolution. That is what reunited us after the Civil War. That is what won us two. Yeah, dude. Yeah, man. All those Southern former Confederates were like, hey, brother, e pluribus unum to the black Union soldiers who just shot their dad to death. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that one. That wasn't very e pluribus unum of us. That whole confederacy thing, bro. Really sorry. Can I make it up? <laughs> Isn't that on like coins or something? The funny thing, the thing that's kind of annoying is that the original conceptualization of e pluribus unum was one of the things that makes America unironically great compared to Europeans. Um, in Europe, there is a strong association between nation and blood. In a lot of cases, being born in those countries doesn't actually make you a citizen. It has to be like blood association. You can't just be born here. Whereas we have right of the land. Over here in America, if you're born here, you're an American. It's the, you know, that's how we do things. The idea of e pluribus unum, when it was initially prompted as like a philosophical value, was the idea that we're, no matter our differences, we're all American. But that was meant to be a, um, I guess, a, uh, a, a, a unifying rally more so than it was a suppression of difference. So a good example would be like, I don't think there's anything wrong with a unifying identity uh, fundamentally, though I hate nation states, you know, but in concept. Uh, the problem is that this guy's rhetoric around the shared identity, it's like the same class collaboration thing, right? 
don't care about racism, don't care about sexism, don't care about class differences, get rid of affirmative action, burn all these institutions to the ground, destroy this, destroy that, all of this. Don't worry about it because we're all American. It's a thought terminating cliche, a silencing rather than an acknowledgement of shared humanity. Vosh, the one Reagan quote I can think of like that is, quote, around the world, hundreds of thousands of Americans are born every day. They just haven't come home yet. Yeah, well, that right there is the, the, the highly, like, paternalistic, but relative to the modern GOP kind of based attitude. The old style, like, assimilationist pro-American nationalism was this, like, deep down inside, everyone's American. They're just looking for an excuse to bring it out, you know? And that was like the the foundation of diversity as our strength in this country for a long time, you know? People who would argue for diversity and it being our strength would do this like, well, fundamentally, we could all be American. An American heart beats in the chest of every man. But this is different. Does everyone, so I can stop waffling, everyone in chat, you all acknowledge and understand how it's different from what he's saying it's a corruption of the uh the original intent and message um to promote collaborationism in line with an agenda of minority suppression and xenophobia how can you possibly believe e pluribus unum and then say you'd send the military down south to keep illegal immigrants from coming in we didn't even have a border in this country for well over a century after its founding you think they had a border in 1792 world wars and the cold war that is what still gives hope to the free world and if we can revive that dream over group identity exactly see right there perfect exactly right there we are all american and that's the only thing that matters race it doesn't matter if you're black if people are being racist towards you don't worry about it it doesn't matter People who talk like this are exactly the kind of people who would take seriously any claim of racism against whites, but then they would go on to say that black people need to shut up if they feel they've been treated in a racist fashion because they shouldn't worry about that race stuff. And victimhood. Mm-hmm. And grievance. Put, set aside victimhood and grievance, and earlier one of his talking points was reverse racism is racism. So... He's very willing to make points on behalf of the idea that white people are under attack uh, and affirmative action is anti-white. So he's very okay with making arguments that white people are under attack. But all you other people, you have to set your shit aside because we're in America and that's the only thing that matters. Then nobody in the world, not a nation, not a corporation, not a virus is going to defeat us. That is what American exceptionalism is all about. And that is what we together will revive to save this great nation. Thank you all. God bless you. God bless your families. And God bless our United States of America. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that was remarkably insincere. I would be surprised if this guy's book deal even does that well. He might be able to get some attention if he like kind of clings on to whatever issues Trump is associated with. But like, holy shit. He didn't say anything but buzzwords and fascist one-liner. Literally, like, half of the speech was, now I'm ready to tell you the whole truth, and the truth of the matter is that, you know, you ready for this truth? It's like, oh my god. Yeah, the charisma on that, man. I also can't imagine why I'd try this. I mean, I don't know, ego. It's probably not just a money thing. It's like, yeah. 
every ultra wealthy person thinks that they're like John Galt, you know? They they think, and this guy was literally backed by Peter Thiel, who is the like patron saint of ultra wealthy people who think they deserve to rule the world because of it. Is there a meaningful distinction between regular conservatism and fascism, or is that well, conservatism isn't really an ideology; it's a um uh, like a referential or a relative ideology. Conservatism just means your positions and policies relative to like the status quo. Uh, you wouldn't go back in time and say that every like world leader from 1950 and before was conservative because that would make much sense. Like you could, you know, like um oh like Emperor Ji Lao of 1492. I made that up. Uh, was conservative because he didn't believe in transgender surgery access. Like it, it's it's always relative to something. Fascism has more definite bounds than that. The most you could say is like, does fascism meaningfully um, distinguish itself from neoconservatism, which is a, a, a specific ideology? And the answer is that yes, it does. I mean, just take a look at the differences between people like uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Dick Cheney, Mitt Romney. Mike Pence, even, against Tucker Carlson or Donald Trump types. Ben Shapiro versus Tucker Carlson is a good example, I think. Of course, the, the truth is that historically, you know, uh, uh, neocons have always worked with and collaborated with fascists, uh, usually up until they get killed, so...